From the scriptures this morning, Luke chapter 5, I'll read a few verses for you. Jesus has just done some teaching uh, from a boat on the edge of a lake. And uh, this is what he has to say. Luke chapter 5, starting with verse 4. When Jesus had finished speaking to the crowds, he said to Simon, go back out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. But Simon answered, Master, (laughs) I'm sorry, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will go back out into the deep water and let down the nets. And when Simon and his friends had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled their partners in other boats to come and help them. And they came and they filled their boats so full that they began to sink. Now when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to catch people. And so they pulled their boats up on the shore, and they left everything, and they followed Jesus. This is the word. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this, uh, this day. I thank you for this congregation, how it has blessed us and helped our ministry to young people all over the world for so many years. I thank you for Jeff and his leadership for Maryland. And uh, God, we pray that you would speak to us this morning, that you would challenge us about what it means to get off the shore and go into deep waters where we can experience your abundance and faithfulness in ways that we never imagined. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so we, we're celebrating 30 years, Jeff. How, how many years are you celebrating? Only 28. Only 28. And, and you're still here, man. They haven't gotten rid of you. I, you know, it reminds me of the story about this church. They had a pastor they wanted to get rid of. And, uh, you know, the secretary, she'd sent out his resumes to different congregations, and they had special prayer meetings, and, you know, all this stuff happening behind the scenes. They couldn't get rid of the guy. So finally, one day, one morning, the pastor gets up in the pulpit, and he looks at the congregation. He says, you know, Jesus called me here five years ago, and Jesus is now calling me away. Well, he sits down and the worship leader gets up and says, now turn to hymn number 458, what a friend we have in Jesus. (laughs) All right. So Jeff, if you start hearing that in the hallways, uh, start packing your office. Uh, One of the the great years at Urban Promise, we've had a lot of great years and we continue to have great years, was was 2007. Uh, Because many of you know that in 2007, Uh, we were featured on Diane Sawyer's 2020 special, Waiting for the World. Uh, And uh, 
I'll never forget because we, we got inundated with, with emails and people were contacting us from all over the country, people sending us jars of peanut butter and Superman pajamas and, you know, people writing wanted to take our kids to Alaska and California. But one of the best emails I got was from a guy in Malibu, California. And he wrote me and he said, you know, I see that you're going to be in the Los Angeles area in a couple of weeks. I own a restaurant up in Malibu. Would you like to come up and have lunch with me? And I'm thinking, lunch in Malibu? I'm in. So I emailed him back. I said, I'll be there. And a couple of weeks later, I'm driving up the Pacific Coast Highway and the Pacific Ocean's on my left. And I pull into this rather, you know, fancy restaurant. And I'm escorted to a table and I sit down and they bring me a menu and some fizzy water. And they said, you know, Mr. Peterson, he'll be with you in a minute. So I'm, I'm looking at the menu. And, you know, it's, it's a, you know... Uh, uh, what, what is it? It's a, uh, yeah, a, a poached uh, baby Bartlett pear salad with Humboldt goat cheese and microgreens, not lettuce, but microgreens, cayenne pecans. It's got a raspberry reduction sauce. I, I, I look at it, 38 bucks. And I'm thinking, this is not Applebee's. <laughs> and I've only got six bucks in my pocket. I'm, I'm really hoping this isn't a bait and switch and this guy's gonna pick up the tab. But he finally arrives at the, uh, at the table and he's, he's kind of the surfer looking guy and he sits down and we start talking. And, and uh, at one point he said, you know, I, I, I really feel God is calling me to get involved with your ministry. Is there anything I could do? And I said, well, listen, in, in a couple of months, we want to do a fundraiser in California because we've had all this interest from ABC. Would you mind hosting it at your restaurant? He says, I'm in. I'll cover the hors d'oeuvres, the drinks, everything. I'm like, wow. We have the fundraiser. Six months later, I'm sitting down with him again, and he looks at me and he says, you know, I feel like God's calling me to get more involved in your ministry. You got anything for me? I said, well, we're trying to drill a well in Malawi. Would you help us out with that? He pulls out his checkbook, writes me a check. Another year goes by. I'm sitting down with him. He says, you know, I think God is calling me to get more involved in your ministry. Anything I can do? I said, well, we're trying to build a kitchen for one of our high schools in, in Malawi. He said, I love kitchens. I love food. I'm in. And so he writes me a check for that. Another year goes by. I'm sitting down with him. He says, you know what? I think God's calling me to go with you to Malawi. And he said, no, you got to understand, I never leave Malibu, California. He said, I have family in Orange County that I haven't seen in 25 years. And so in 2017, Mr. Malibu, you know, the guy that's serving, you know, Hollywood celebrities and, you know, politicians, gets on a plane and he goes to Malawi, Africa, and his life is turned upside down. And when I look at the story of this restaurant owner in Malibu, California named Jeff Peterson, I can't help but think that God was calling this man to go to deeper waters, to go to a deeper place. I mean, literally get off the beach and get in a boat and go to a deeper place. Because you guys, what I believe and what I've seen is that when we have the courage to go to those deeper waters, we experience the abundance of God in ways that we could never imagine. And our life is turned upside down. The question on the table is, are we willing to go to those deeper waters? So this morning, the, the passage is, is really about fishing. 
now, I, I don't get the fishing thing. <laughs> I mean, I've got buddies that go fishing. They go for eight hours. They sit out there. They get nothing. I just don't understand it. I mean, some of you guys might, might it reminds me of the buddies that decide they want to go on a fishing trip. They, they call out of work. They, they buy some rods. They rent a boat. They book a hotel. They drive down to the shore. They go out Friday. They catch nothing. Saturday, they catch nothing. Sunday morning, they catch one fish. They're driving back home. At one point, one of the buddies says to his friend, he said, man, that, that, that sure cost us a lot of money. 1500 bucks for that fish. His buddy leans over and says, well, it's a good thing we only caught one. Um, uh, you know, what is it? You know, cook a man a fish, he's happy for a day. Teach a man to fish, and he's gone for the weekend. <laughs> Peter's been out all night. He's a seasoned fisherman. He knows how to catch fish. And he's caught nothing, and he comes to the shore, and Jesus says, go back out. Go to the deep water. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think the Bible has been a little bit sanitized because, you know, Peter's kind of this rough-and-tumble guy, big mouth, and I can just imagine Jesus saying, you know, hey, I mean, Peter said, you know, Jesus, like, look, you're a carpenter. Stay in your lane. I mean, I'm the expert here. I mean, Jeff, I don't know whether you've ever had anybody tell you how to do your job. But it's kind of irritating, isn't it? Like, you don't know what I do. And at that moment, Peter is really faced with a decision, isn't he? Is he going to follow logic and reason, which tells him he's fished all night, there's no fish out there, or is he going to be obedient to the voice of God or the voice of Jesus? It reminds me of Soren Kierkegaard's uh, philosophical fragments where he argues the difference between reason and belief and faith. And he says that reason is based on, you know, data and empirical evidence and history. Faith is throwing ourselves into the abyss and trusting that God's going to catch us. So Peter needs to make a decision. And he decides to obey the voice of Jesus. And he goes. I, I love the story of uh, the, the great tightrope walker, Charles Blondin. Maybe some of you know this story. In 1859, June 30th, he decides he's going he's to tightrope walk across the Niagara Falls from the U.S. side to the Canadian side. And it's a big deal. There's 5,000 people there. There's bands. The press is there. And so this guy gets on this tightrope, and he walks for, for two hours across the Niagara Falls and gets to the Canadian side. There's fans there. People are yelling, screaming, excited. And he quiets the crowd, looks at the crowd, and says, okay, do you believe that I can walk back to the other side of the falls? And everybody says, we believe, we believe. And he says, do you believe that I can do it blindfolded? And everybody says, we believe, we believe. And then he says, do you believe I can do it blindfolded with somebody on my back? And everybody says, we believe, we believe. And then he says, which one of you will get on my back? And nobody stepped forward except his manager. <laughs> and he gets on his back and for the next four and a half hours, they inch their way across from the Canadian side to the Niagara, to, of the Niagara Falls to the U.S. side. Oh, it's easy to say we believe, we believe, isn't it? It's easy to hold on to a set of propositional truths in our head, but it's much different, isn't it, to get in the boat and go to those deeper waters. 
And that's the decision Peter needed to make. And that's the decision we need to make. I have a friend, uh, her name is Jerry Rice. Uh, some of you know her sister. It's not the famed, uh, you know, uh, San Francisco 49er wide receiver. But I'll never forget, I, I had lunch with Jerry a couple years ago, and we're talking, and, and she was trying to recruit me to get involved in this ministry she was doing called Feed My Starving Children. Pretty direct name of an organization. You kind of know what they're doing. And uh, at one point I said, Jerry, how did you get involved in this organization? She said, well, you know, I, I go to the Presbyterian Church in town, and one day I went to a luncheon, and I was sitting across the table from the head of the Social Justice Committee. So she said, I, I said to this guy, I mean, what do you guys do on this social justice committee? And he said, well, we, we talk about issues of justice. And she said, no, but what do you actually do? And he said, well, we really don't do anything. We just talk. And she said, well, what would you guys think about helping to feed hungry kids? And he said, well, we might be interested. Why don't you go learn something about the organization, come back and tell us. So she, she went up to Clifton, New Jersey for one of these packaging Saturday mornings and they, they package these high protein bags of food that they send all over the world to hungry kids and, and uh, Jerry, you know, she's a viola player, she plays for the, she played for the Philadelphia Orchestra, she plays for the Pops now and she said, you know, Bruce, I'm there packaging food. She said, at one point I'm, I'm, I'm looking down at my hands and she said, I, I began to weep. She said, because it was the first time in my life that my, my hands were really saving lives. And so she came back to her church and she talked to the pastor and the pastor said, well, we really don't have any money in the budget for this. And then she went to the elders and they said, we really don't have any money in the budget for this. And so she said, I was sort of confronted with this decision. Was I gonna jump out in faith or not? And then she said, I, I remembered a quote from Mother Teresa. And you know you're going deep when you're quoting Mother Teresa. And she said, Mother Teresa said, you know, God calls, God doesn't call the equipped, God equips the called. God doesn't call the equipped, God equips the called. And so in 2013, she started an operation in Haddonfield. They packaged 20,000 bags of food. The next year they did 50,000. Last year they packaged 500,000 bags of food. But to me, the great miracle of the story is this. Over 1,500 people were mobilized to get involved in this. And when I asked Jerry a, a little while later, I said, how has this impacted your life? And this is what she said, and it stuck with me. She said, my needs and wants are not the same anymore. You see, when we step out and go to deep water, when we experience the abundance of God, our needs and wants change. And that's what happened to Peter, is it not? I mean, Peter just had a banner business day. I mean, he had a positive cash flow. I mean, if he was about to go public, I mean, he'd make a ton of money. He gave bonuses to his staff. They paid off all the invoices. And what does he do? He leaves it because his needs and wants had changed. When we go to those deep places and when we experience God's abundance, our needs and wants change. 11 years ago, 
we were doing pretty well at Urban Promise Camden. We had just come off the ABC special. We actually had some money in the bank. Programs were going well. And yet I felt like God was calling us to go to a deeper place. And one of the places that God was calling us to go was to invest in young leaders, to train them, inspire them, and then send them out to different parts of the world with this model of ministry. And so we started recruiting leaders from Malawi and Kenya and Liberia and Uganda, from Miami, Trenton. And they came to Camden and they got inspired. And they started to take this ministry model all over the world. Incredible. Two of those leaders went back to Malawi and they started a high school called Rise Malawi. First year that we had 40 kids in that high school, five years later we had over 400. So I went over to see what was going on and I was walking the campus. And at one point the director said to me, you know, Bruce, we had kids walking two and a half, three hours to get to school. For some of it, it was dangerous. So we decided to create this little makeshift dormitory. And I said, well, well can I see it? And he walked me down to the corner of the campus and they had, they had rented this old gas station. It had been abandoned for a few years and, and bats were living in the attic. And I'll never forget walking through that door and just being overpowered with the stench and thinking to myself, this is appalling that we have kids in this facility. I was embarrassed. But for most of those kids, it was better than walking two and a half hours to what they were walking home to. But I never forget standing in that doorway and I'm looking at the, the scene of these bunks and I noticed on the ceiling above one of the bunks, it looked like one of the kids had written something and so I walked in and I got up on the bunk and I pushed back the mosquito netting. And above this bunk, this kid had written, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. And I remember thinking, this was this kid's prayer. It was the last thing he saw at night before he went to bed, the first thing he saw in the morning before he got up. This was not some inspirational poster at, at, at Planet Fitness. This was his prayer in this hellish place. And so I said to the director, is there any way I can meet the kid who sleeps in that bunk? We walked out on the grounds and he pointed him off and I walked across the campus and I tapped the kid on the shoulder. I said, uh, are you the young man that, that, that rode above your bunk? And I think he thought he was in trouble. And he sheepishly said, yes. I said, thank you. I needed that message today. I needed to be reminded of that. And then I said, can I ask you your name? And the young man looked at me and extended his hand. And he said, my name, my name is Hope.
Africa doesn't need Bruce Maine. I needed Africa. Is God calling you this year, 2019, to be a year where you go a little deeper? And when God calls you to go deeper, will you go? And here's what I can promise. When you go to that deeper place, you will experience dimensions of God's character and abundance of faithfulness in ways that you could never imagine. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for these stories about ordinary people that lived pretty challenging lives. I mean, fishing. We think of this man, Peter, who had to act counterintuitively. And yet it turned his life upside down. God, help us to make this the year that we go to deeper places. Because we know that you need deep people. We pray for courage. In Christ's name, amen.